From Chartmetric, this is Rutger with a new episode of How Music Charts, the podcast where we explore the dance between interpreting data and making creative decisions in the music business every day. Today, we'll be sharing our recent analysis of the ways Spotify listening patterns are changing across genre during COVID-19. This is the first of a three-part series exploring COVID's effects on music-related consumption. Ultimately, we hope the power of data and market-level analysis can bring continued clarity and nuance to the conversation. And most of all, we hope you and your loved ones are staying safe. So, without further ado, let's dive into COVID-19's effect on the global music business part one, genre. As always, feel free to follow along with the original article at blog.chartmetric.com. COVID-19's Effect on the Global Music Business, Part 1, Genre To help address the global music industry's concerns about the COVID-19 pandemic, U.S.-based music analytics company Chartmetric is continuously monitoring 2 million-plus artists across 20-plus streaming and social media data sources. We hope our data-driven analysis of COVID-19's effects on music-related consumption helps artists, songwriters, labels, agencies, distributors, and other entertainment-related entities sustain and improve their well-being during these unprecedented times. All data is collected, organized, and analyzed by Chartmetric. Data Science is by Nutia Seekow. Analysis is by Jason Hoven, Rutger Ansley-Rosenborg, and Michelle Yuen. Key takeaways. Spotify listenership appears to be widening for classical, ambient, and children's due to COVID-19. Spotify listenership is relatively unaffected for pop, country, and dance during COVID-19, but country seems to be demonstrating the greatest resiliency. Spotify listenership appears to be narrowing for Latin, rap, and rock during COVID-19, but potentially due to other factors and not necessarily a result of the global pandemic. The COVID-19 Context If you've been a part of the global music industry, you have been well aware of the damage COVID-19 has done to music from multiple industry angles. While streaming has been relatively untouched from a revenue standpoint, its most popular artist's music has tended to receive less play. On the other side of the spectrum, the live music sector has taken the brunt of the industry trauma, with public companies like Live Nation taking huge stock price hits, and other larger-than-life firms like talent agency Paradigm suffering layoffs. New shows and movies can't shoot, and public venues playing music can't open, so licensing has taken a hit as well. And because music studios don't likely qualify as essential businesses, their futures are uncertain. The worst hit are our everyday artists, but workers who make the live scene possible fare no better. Music, in its highest form, is about community. As many of COVID-19's unexpected moments have shown us, a Spanish fitness instructor leading a class from his rooftop, apartment-building sing-alongs, and our beloved medical workers taking a well-earned moment of levity. Previous industry news has already shown us the broader market-level strokes. Video streaming platforms like Netflix and YouTube are getting more play, while most of the world shelters in place. The assumption is that streaming music nowadays tends to be an activity that coexists with others. 
commuting on the train, driving in the car, working out, socializing with others. With our public transportation abandoned, reasons for going out limited, gyms closed, and citizens in quarantine, it's no wonder people's attention gets shifted toward mediums that tend to require multisensory engagement. COVID-19 and Genre Considerations If we want to develop a nuanced understanding of music consumption in the COVID-19 era, we have to lead with a manageable perspective. Here, we start with streaming insights at the genre level. Baked into music genres is an assumption of listener populations that share some sort of geography, culture, and entertainment consumption habits. By examining Spotify monthly listeners as measurements for these factors during the pandemic spread, we can attempt to put metrics to these dimensions. First, a timeline. We determined March 3rd, 2020 to April 9th, 2020 as our window for this genre-level look. To extend back to January 1st or earlier would be valid, but we would also risk losing some of the trends that become more visible during a shorter period of time. Too late, and we may cut short trends already in progress. Though internet searching is one of the many ways to measure public sentiment, a Google Trends search on coronavirus is a simple, if imperfect, way to summarize how much news and internet-driven concern there is about a topic. You can see that at the global level over the past three months, initial curiosity peaked on March 15th. While there were small waves of interest in mid-January and mid-February, the real surge occurred in early to mid-March when governments at international, national, and local levels began enforcing shelter-in-place or self-quarantine measures to help flatten the curve of rising virus infections among the public. Given the fact that we are searching for the effect on genres from a streaming perspective, it makes sense for us to observe any possible activity changes focused on this time period in particular. When lifestyle changes, it's reasonable to expect an effect in many parts of life. Geographically speaking, with respect to COVID-19's effect on society, it's important to note that different regions of the world have had vastly different responses and histories to epidemics threatening their citizens. At the time of writing, South Korea and Taiwan are a couple of the nations who have been lauded for their expedient and successful handling of the crisis, while other countries like Brazil have only now begun to implement public restrictions. With respect to Spotify's user base, consider whose app usage we are measuring. Note Spotify's Q4 2019 Monthly Active User, or MAU base the number of users who have used Spotify in the past month. 35% are from Europe, 27% are from North America, 22% are from Latin America, and 16% are quote-unquote rest of the world. So, the varying behavior measured in this time period will contain more than 60% of a North American-European bias. Latin America is at 22%, though it's unclear if Mexico, containing one of Spotify's biggest markets, is included in North America or here, while huge swaths of populations in Africa, Asia, the Middle East, and Oceania all get binned into the 16% rest of world category. We should note that any Spotify analysis is going to strongly minimize most of these markets' tastes and preferences.
While Spotify is global, it's worth mentioning that the platform is still limited to its market reach. Knowing these limitations, we can resume our interpretation of the genre-based insights we uncovered. Our quote-unquote trendy approach. Spotify monthly listeners, or MLs, as used here, is a Spotify-generated statistic showing the cumulative number of unique listeners for an artist in the past 28 days. It is about how wide a listenership is while stream count can be considered how deep an audience listens. Its reach nature is largely fueled by a combination of new releases and editorial playlisting. For this analysis, we collected monthly listeners' data for the top 100 artists of each genre, ranked by Spotify follower count. Genres are social constructs and inherently subjective, so we've attempted to optimize our categorizations to traditional industry expectations. Here are some sample subgenres from each of the nine genres we looked at. 1. Classical ensemble and opera includes romantic era, early modern classical, and a cappella. 2. Ambient relaxation and experimental includes compositional ambient, lo-fi beats, and new age. 3. Hip-hop and rap includes trap music, gangster rap, and underground rap. 4. Pop includes dance pop, post-teen pop, and pop rap. 5. Country includes contemporary country, country road, and Nashville sound. 6. Dance and electronic includes EDM, tropical house, and funk karaoke. 7. Latin and Caribbean includes reggaeton, Latin trap, and Latin pop. 8. Rock, punk, and metal includes modern rock, proto-punk, and alternative metal. 9. Children's includes children's music, musica para niños, and kinder music. Normalized measurements mean that we mathematically translated those absolute numbers to a uniform scale in order to zoom in on subtle dynamics and trends. Classical and Ambient, the Big Quarantine Winners According to a number of different sources, classical, ensemble, and opera, we'll refer to it here as classical, and ambient, relaxation, and experimental, which we'll refer to as ambient, seems to have really won out in these dark times. Working from home has become the new norm for many, and apparently, lyrics just get in the way. Either that, or listeners are seeking a sense of calm and order when work, school, social, and family routines have been turned upside down. Both genres have helped determine an important marker for when Spotify users started to exhibit unique behavior relative to other genres. This inflection point occurs roughly around March 18th and near where the coronavirus Google trend peaks, as noted above. In Ambient's top 100 artists, there are a grouping of high-flying artists at the top of the range, and then a band of artists in the middle of the range. There is even a loose category of artists who trend down strongly from the beginning of March, losing monthly listeners quickly. But the interesting inflection point is between March 16th and March 23rd, where all three groupings trend high and to the right, peaking at the April 9th end of the timeline. Approximately 80% of the artists here do so, so... No matter what their monthly listeners' momentum was, they seemed to march to the beat of the same drum at the same time. With classical, an even stronger lift trend reveals itself around March 18th. 
Here, one grouping of artists have decent monthly listeners, while a heavy clustering of artists have minimal monthly listeners, starting from the beginning of March. Yet again, we see another coinciding trend up in mid-March in both bands, also terminating on April 9th at their highest level within the time period. Even some of the noise that does not fall into either of the groupings trends up slightly in mid-March, with only 10-15% of the artists showing no coinciding behavior. We'll say it a million times, correlation is not causation. It's a basic tenet in statistics and data science, but it's certainly a notable coincidence. And in case you're wondering, well, maybe this is what always happens this time of year. We wondered the same. When we averaged the top 100 ambient artists, also by normalized Spotify monthly listeners, for the March 1st, 2020 to April 9th, 2020 time period, we found a world of difference. In 2019, Ambient more or less was coasting along with little variation, while 2020 revealed a 2.3 times monthly listeners jump between around March 11th and April 6th. For Classical, we see a similar trend. 2019's monthly listeners count showing a holding pattern, and 2020 showing a 5 times increase in monthly listeners between March 15th and April 6th. So, while both of these genres seem to have correlating Spotify monthly listeners' patterns synced to the same timeline, what makes the COVID-19 correlation an even more convincing argument is what Rolling Stone's Samantha Hissong alludes to in her April 7, 2020 article. Quote, Spotify has noticed more chill music on users' playlists in general. As people add songs that are noticeably more acoustic, less danceable, and have lower energy than songs they've added in the past, the company said. End quote. His song concludes the behavior is platform independent, citing similar patterns at Deezer and Pandora. This bolsters the argument that we may be seeing a pandemic induced lifestyle change. But let's continue with our examination of other genres. Pop and rap, music business as usual. One would think that the ubiquity of pop and hip-hop and rap, or rap for this article, especially in the North American and European regions, might shield them most from any kind of negative impact on the streaming industry in general. Indeed, it turns out that both genres seem unfazed by social distancing. Keep in mind that these are the top 100 artists in each genre, according to Spotify follower count. The idea is that followers signify more of the old guard of each genre, the long-standing representatives having the most sway within their respective sectors. Contrast this with artists who have the most monthly listeners, a stat that tends to accentuate artists who just came on cycle after a heavily marketed new release, ranked high on several editorial playlists, and likely just came off of a hot rise on TikTok. It's not that the little Nas X's and Tones and I's of tomorrow can't eventually have the most followers. It just takes more time. Having said that, note that Pop's chart here shows a more varied pattern than classical or ambience. You can still see a grouping of pop artists who aggregate down and to the right, each trending down at various parts of the five-week period. Roughly half of the top 100 fall into this trend. But the other half form a peppering of artists that seem to exhibit the ever-on nature of pop music, and likely the dispersed effect of weekly placements on today's top hits or songs to sing in the car. 
Notice many of the drastic monthly listeners' changes after the Fridays of each week, more noticeable near March 13th and March 27th, when Global Release Friday and the subsequent refreshing, track ads, and removals of many editorial playlists happen. Rap doesn't seem to look any different. Nearly half of the artists trend up or down strongly, likely from a placement or removal on rap caviar, most necessary, etc. The other half trends down gradually from March to April, presumably off-cycle. What's most important with regard to COVID-19, there seems to be no conclusive correlation near the mid-March point, where we see the more decisive changes at the collective genre level. Pop and rap simply seem to be business as usual, with some artists going up and some going down at various points in time. When looking at Pop's 2019 versus 2020 comparison, there doesn't seem to be any unique reflections in mid-March or between years, just a rather insignificant trend down during the period. However unsexy, noting no change is still an insight. As for rap, there seems to be an interesting opposing trend between 2019 and 2020. It's even tempting to say that COVID-19 is the cause of it, but that would be premature. On one hand, if Spotify listeners, primarily based in North America and Europe, didn't really start changing their daily lives until mid-March, why would rap be affected beforehand? Italy, which became Europe's epicenter for a period of time, didn't experience a national lockdown until March 9th. The United Kingdom didn't do so until much later on March 23rd, and Spotify surpassed the BBC in listenership long ago in 2017. On the other hand, consider that for many American college students, and an engine for Spotify's 217 million-plus MAUs in Q1 2019, March spring break plans were likely cancelled, despite what many articles alluded to. While there were certainly outlying individuals that generated scorn for many, it wouldn't be a stretch to say that the more prudent exchanged their week of social partying for solo Netflix binging throughout the month of March. That said, it is possible that rap, a genre known along with dance as being quite popular in such scenarios, began a drawdown at the beginning of the period. Another argument is people working from home and contributing to the ambient and classical genres might find pop and rap a little too distracting for writing emails. The bottom line for both pop and rap? It's hard to conclude COVID-19 had a significant correlation with either genre. Country and dance, two steps in either direction. Country and dance and electronic, or dance for this article, are certainly two genres that could hardly be more different. The former resonates in the southern states of the United States and frequently references rustic lifestyles, patriotism, and wholesome values. The latter is known for its globalism, in part due to its frequently upbeat, lyricless nature, and in part due to many nations playing host to thriving club scenes. But during COVID-19's initial epidemic stage in March 2020, neither genre featured a significant mid-March bump in Spotify monthly listeners. Looking at country's top 100 artists, it's been a relatively positive month. The grouping of about 70% of the artists on an upward trend by April 9th means that most of country's most followed artists are gathering broader audiences on Spotify. Looking at Fridays within this time period, you can see several of the artists experiencing severe upturns and downturns, likely due to the volatility of the platform's biggest country playlists, 
like Hot Country with 5.7 million followers and Chillin' on a Dirt Road with 2.2 million. This is similar genre behavior to what we saw in pop, except a bigger portion of country's artists are trending up in monthly listeners. For reasons unknown, even though the overall number of streams declined during the lockdown period, country steadily widened its listener base. For dance, it appears similar to rap's profile, some of the top 100 artists gently narrowing in monthly listeners, with the others neutrally coasting along or experiencing a broadening in monthly listeners. While the graph does exhibit some Friday-centric trend changes, it seems more of a muddled composition, which suggests that dance is not nearly as editorial playlist-driven when it comes to broadening listenership. Either way, neither country nor dance shows any conclusive COVID-19-related behavior. Turning to their 2019 monthly listenership, we see further evidence that pandemic-related effects are not an issue for the country genre thus far. This year's average nearly mirrors the same widening pattern week for week, doubling its size in monthly listeners. While more erratic, this year's monthly listeners' count for dance and electronic also follows the previous year's downward trend. We should note that this is a very subtle trend, as our vertical axis of Spotify monthly listeners is shrunk down between 0.3 and 0.36. So, while there's an interesting slight broadening of listenership during the early work week and dumping during the weekends, compared to some of the other genres we examined, it's negligible. Latin and rock, rolling with the punches. Because COVID-19 reached much of Latin America much later than it did Europe and the U.S., significant measures to stem the spread of the infection weren't taken by some major Latin American governments until weeks later, shifting the timeline for the region in the process. Mexican President André Manuel López Obrador, for example, didn't start urging people to stay home and social distance until the end of March. Brazil's Jair Bolsonaro, meanwhile, still has yet to do so. Yet, according to a recent Nielsen report, the Latin genre experienced the highest decline, 14.1%, in cross-platform audio streaming for the week ending on March 26th. Interestingly, it was the only genre that also experienced a decline, 7.6%, in cross-platform music video streams. With many Latin American markets, from Mexico City to Santiago, Chile, driving global streaming consumption on Spotify and YouTube, and likely accounting for a significant portion of Latin and Caribbean artists' monthly listeners, that data comes as a bit of a surprise. If daily Latin American life was essentially pre-lockdown during this period, how can we frame the unexplained downturn in cross-platform streams? Focusing on our Spotify-only analysis, roughly 75% of the top Latin and Caribbean artists are experiencing a narrowing trend in their monthly listenership, with the rest of the artists on various patterns. But it's here where we have to remain vigilant from confusing COVID-19 correlations with unrelated listenership movements. While 10 to 20% of the artists seem to exhibit a sharper downturn in mid-March, and when Spotify's European North American user base suffered COVID-19 effects, most of the downtrend was already underway at the beginning of March, when Latin America hadn't really taken corrective measures yet. Which begs the question, is Latin losing North American European listeners given Spotify's user base. We'd have to reference last year's listenership later to better understand. When it comes to rock, a similar false positive behavior appears, one that suggests a coronavirus correlation, but may be benign. 
Nielsen's cross-platform data puts the genre in the middle of the pack in terms of audio streaming decline at 9.7% and a modest lift in music video streaming at 10.7%. Looking at the Spotify-only trends of the top 100 rock, punk, and metal artists, there is some overall decline, but not as tightly grouped as we saw with Latin and Caribbean. In fact, a good portion of rock, punk, and metal artists seem to be on the incline since mid-March. Since the activity here is more erratic, especially on March 13th and 20th, we observe no genre-wide COVID-19 correlation for rock. The much different and neutral flatline of Latin and Caribbean's 2019 listenership suggests a pandemic-related narrowing for Latin in 2020, but it requires more research. The March 2020 downturn seems to correlate to what most of European and North American listeners were experiencing in their day-to-day life, though it was a subtle shift down 1.4 times. It's possible that ex-Latin American territories simply just explored the genre less, seeing some of its biggest artists, like Daddy Yankee and J Balvin, as mostly party-oriented fare. To be fair, Global consumption of the genre could just be down this quarter, irrespective of any COVID-19 effects. As Music Business Worldwide points out, Latin music's share of the American market was indicating signs of decline in 2019. Rock, punk, and metal in 2019 exhibited a widening trend, while it showed a similar decrease as Latin did in 2020. This could suggest that something has changed in the monthly listeners' patterns between March 2019 and March 2020, but again, both of these genre groupings might just be in decline this quarter, irrespective of COVID-19. Children's Growing Up in Turbulent Times There is no shortage of articles recommending best practices for working from home with kids. And for many parents who have suddenly found themselves juggling two full-time jobs, the importance of digital media for alleviating some of the burden, for better or worse, has become more pronounced. According to an Axios article sourcing data from kid tech startup Super Awesome, quote, traffic to kids' apps and digital services has increased by nearly 70% in the U.S., and most children ages 6 to 12 say they are spending at least 50% more time in front of screens daily, end quote. The natural conclusion to draw is that children's content across various digital media platforms should follow suit and explode. Given the fact that tablet usage is trouncing phone, television, and desktop computer usage, the bias should logically skew toward visual-based media and across platforms like Netflix and YouTube. However, for parents wanting to reduce screen time for their children while increasing the amount of time they're able to focus on their work, audio-based media should, theoretically, come in handy as well. Looking at the Spotify monthly listeners data for the 100 most followed Spotify profiles in the children's genre, there does appear to be a general trend upward with the concentration at the upper end of the range in late March and early April 2020. However, there are some key differences between the way children's was trending in March and some of the other genres we've looked at. As opposed to a pronounced mid-March acceleration, monthly listeners here seems to follow more linear trajectories that come to a point in early April. Important to factor in here is how global this top 100 is, with some of the most followed artists being from the US, but also Spanish-speaking countries and Germany. Because it's less solely biased toward the US market than some of the other genres, it's less likely to track with the timeline of the US COVID-19 curve and more likely to reflect multiple regional timelines from around the world. 
In other words, the cumulative children's genre-level increase appears to morph into a more spread, yet still dramatic, widening of listenership. COVID-19 is one of the likeliest factors for children's music, based on everything we know about the uptick in consumption for children's content. The Spread COVID-19 Across All Genres What we have yet to do is zoom out to provide a more holistic view of the genre landscape in order to help you understand exactly how the average monthly listener's dynamics of each genre's top 100 artists stack up against each other in the Spotify marketplace. To explore these relationships for yourself, check out the embedded graphs we've put at the bottom of the article. Ultimately, the question of how dramatically COVID-19 has changed consumption behavior in the music industry is extremely complicated and might not be revealed in full for many more months or even years. That said, within the complexity of proxy variables, normalizations, and abstract graphs, there are some important stories to tell, from the rise of content that gives us peace of mind in a time of unprecedented anxiety to the apparent stolidity of more regional-based genres in the face of global crisis. Amongst changing industry dynamics and fundamental social interactions, there's no shortage of conjecture. But one thing is clear for us. The future remains uncertain for everyone, so we'll do our best to use the power of data and market-level analysis to bring continued clarity and nuance to the conversation. That's it for part one of our study on COVID-19's effect on the global music business. Stay tuned for part two, which will examine the effect of COVID-19 on YouTube music consumption by country. You can subscribe to our blog at blog.chartmetric.com to have it delivered to your inbox when we publish. How Music Charts is written and produced by Jason Hoven and Rutger Rosenborg of Chartmetric. Free Chartmetric accounts are available at chartmetric.com. Article links and show notes are at podcast.chartmetric.com. And more data stories are available every week at blog.chartmetric.com. That's it for Season 2, Episode 10 of How Music Charts. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.